I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. A recent novel that's gotten great notices and critical acclaim, it was longlisted for the Scotiabank Giller Prize this year, is We Jane. It's the debut novel of Amy Wall that follows Martha, a woman from Newfoundland who finds herself in Montreal. She meets an older woman, also from her home province. They travel back to Newfoundland to continue the work of an underground movement that started in 1960s Chicago, where women provided abortion services. These women were referred to as Jane. What happens in the novel is a look at intergenerational female relationships, uh, as well as small-town life and home. I'll ask Ms. Wall about these various themes, the place she evokes in her work, as well as writing. Amy Wall is a writer and translator. Her writing has appeared in Maisonneuve, Matrix Magazine, the Montreal Review of Books, and Lemonhound. Her translations have included Vicky Gondreau's Testament and Drama Queens, as well as Sports and Pastimes by, by uh, Jean-Philippe Barrel-Gerard. Uh, this uh, book is published by Book Hug Press. She joined me from her home in Montreal. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Amy Wall. Ms. Wall, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So the response to the, the book, um, because it came out in uh, the spring, um, not least the, the, the long listing for the, the Giller Prize, it, it's been quite good, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's been a, a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, I've been yeah happy to see it reaching people. Yeah, yeah. and then for, for first-time author, um, did, did, did the response to the book, did that surprise you? Um, I guess so. I mean, I, I didn't have a lot of expectations, I think. Uh, you know, as as you say, it's my first book. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise. You know, I've heard from some people, and, um, yeah, it's been nice to, to hear um, how people have been responding to it. So as our, lead, our uh, central character in the book, Martha, how old is she? Uh, she's, like, in her early 30s. Yeah. And, and where, where is she from? So she's originally from Newfoundland, and um, we we meet her like at the beginning of the book. She is she has been living in Montreal for a few years, um, and you know is like a little bit adrift there. Um, so you know, part of the book then becomes sort of like a coming home story for her um, with a return to Newfoundland. Well, one of the reviews um, talked about how. Um you depict Newfoundland as you do, uh, describing as very beautiful. Your your depiction of it. Um, d- does it still feel like home for you? Yes. Yeah. Very much. I mean, I've been in Montreal myself for about uh, almost ten years now. Um, but and you know, I feel at home here as well. Uh-huh. But um, but Newfoundland is is home home in a in a way that um, you know. I don't know. It's pretty special. It, uh, is Martha's relationship? Uh, it, it's it's probably different than yours, right? Yeah, I mean, of course, like you know, I it's informed by my own um, relationship with the place for sure. But yeah, I mean, um, mine. I, I maybe we could say like you know, a difference is that Martha never quite like establishes herself in Montreal. She doesn't quite build a life uh-huh. here, whereas. At this point, uh, you know, I'm pretty much like Shimoa here too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does Martha notice about the Newfoundland that she goes back to? Um, yeah, she she goes back to a Newfoundland that has that is 
you know, changing. Um, you know, I've, I was really interested in, like, some of the changes you see in small towns that um, in recent years have sort of been revitalized. They, they um, you know, are, are welcoming tourists in greater numbers, and so there's, you know, infrastructure that comes along with that. Suddenly there's hotels and there's restaurants and there's, um, you know, all kinds of different things in, in places that, you know, say when Martha would have been growing up, you know, would have been, there wouldn't have been much going on, you know. Um, so she she certainly comes home to like a changed uh, landscape. Uh, and um, uh, Jane uh, is is another character in the book that uh, Martha encounters. How did how, how did they meet? Uh, so yeah, Martha meets this woman early in the book. Um, she goes to a a meeting um, for people who are interested in becoming doulas. She's sort of like searching for like something to do. She wants to join something. She she's interested in in like reproductive justice, and but you know sort of casting about for exactly what she might do, what kind of work. And in a sort of one failed attempt, she goes to this meeting, and you know it kind of very quickly realizes this is not the place for me. This is not what I want to be doing. But she notices this woman who turns out to also be from Newfoundland, and so their relationship um, is kind of at the heart of the book. Then, and, and um, the thing about uh, Jane is is that um, I guess she, she's hard to know as a reader, um, and, and I'm wondering what draws Martha to her in the beginning. I think you know, yeah. Like, hard to know is a is an interesting way of putting it. She's kind of enigmatic. She's kind of you know, um, I think Martha initially you know is a little bit dazzled by her. You know, um, here's this older woman who um, you know carries herself in a completely different way and lives in the world in this way where she seems really certain of herself. And Martha is. Um, at a at a phase in her life where she's feeling extremely uncertain, you know, she so she sort of looks up to her, um, and is also you know finds her a bit glamorous, finds her like intriguing. Um, so and of course you know we see that evolve too every time. You know I was really interested in the way, you know, inevitably if you put somebody on a pedestal, they're yeah. going to they're going to fall off of it. You know, yeah. um, so we we follow their relationship through those. Um, like kind of inevitable um, evolutions, yeah. People, people are talking. Uh, readers of the book are talking about the um, how, how the relationship evolves, and um, just the relationship itself between uh, two people uh, of um, different generations, and how you mm -hmm. depict that. Um, what were you thinking about as you were writing the book in terms of, of what you wanted to? to uh, to explore or, or even say about about uh, uh, two women and and um, for, for from different generations, one younger, one older, and um, how they get on, say. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the that kind of intergenerational friendship or relationship is is really interesting to me on a, on a lot of fronts. Um, um, you know, there, there's just so much there. There. Here are two people who, you know, they're from the same place. They they ostensibly have things in common, but they're from the same place at different times. So it, in fact, wasn't quite the same place. You know, they didn't grow up yeah. in the same Newfoundland. Um, they didn't come up on the same 
you know, wave of feminism. They didn't, you know, come up in the same world, basically. And so, you know, especially in the relationship as I depicted in the book, where they sort of embark on this project or this work together, um, all of those things are going to cause them to, you know, be coming at this from a different place, which is going to lead to, you know, differences of opinion and, and of... Um, and of values, I guess. And, you know, I was, what I was, because eventually, you know, it becomes, there's, there's several other women in the book too, and, and again, all of different ages. And what I was interested in was the idea that, of course, there's going to be friction. Uh-huh. Like, of course, it's not going to be like a harmonious sisterhood. Um, but that, that's okay, you know? They, they, they don't always get along. Some of them don't even like each other. Yeah. But, They've come together because they want to do this thing, and and in the end they just they do it anyway, and so it's okay. It's not a failure if the interpersonal relationships are not some like idealized, perfect you know picture of harmony. Um, the main thing is that they do it anyway, and that that was that was kind of what I was interested in. So this thing that they end up doing is is they they end up um, going from Montreal via car um, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Newfoundland, and uh, what, what exactly do they, I mean, what, what, they obviously have an idea of what they want to do. How much of it do you think they um, thought, it, thought it out, say, uh, ahead of time? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, like, an element of impulse in their decision. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they've, like, talked, you know, they've talked each other up, you know, they've really, like, They've been, you know, walking around the city, like, dreaming up all of these big ideas, and they kind of get carried away. Um, so inevitably, you know, they drive home to meet up with this older woman called Trish, who is an old midwife who also has been performing abortions on the side, like, when necessary. And so they go home with this big idea that Trish is going to teach Martha to sort of, like, carry it on, you know. They're going to um, create this kind of legacy, protect this skill. Um, but of course, you know, th- there's going to be a, a like a rude awakening when you go from all of your excited discussions about we're going to do this and this is how it's going to be to when you actually get home and you actually are, are are we going to do this in real life and how is it going to work? So yeah, they 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 sort of come up against real life at a certain point. The thing that I was thinking about as I was reading the book, um, um, not just over the summer but over over the last. Uh, a couple of days before preparing for a chat, um, you know, and it's not just the news out of Texas in, in recent weeks, um, but you know, during the recent federal election here in Canada, um, the, the issue of abortion came up during the campaign. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I was thinking about was that, that you know, in 2021, um, as much as say opponents to abortion would like to, to make it otherwise, access um, to it. Is not as um, I don't know how to put this. It, it's it, it's it's not, not as accessible as it should be. No, no, it certainly isn't. I mean, I think in Canada, especially when you know you're hearing news out of places like Texas right now, for example, or but any number of other places, um, Ireland until they had the referendum. You right. know, yeah. we, we, it's easy for us to look at other parts of the world and say like, oh well, we're fine. Yeah. You know, but. We're, we're not. I mean, if you live in an urban center and you have a, the proper health card, okay, then it's easily accessible in a way where it can be private for you and easy and 
and the way it should be. But otherwise, I mean, if you live anywhere in New Brunswick, for example, mm-hmm. um, if you live in a rural community in most of the country, I mean, there's there's more obstacles in the way than there should be, you know. And I think we're we're a little bit complacent about about that um, as like a national conversation, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, yeah. There's and so, there's a long way to go. Yeah, and so that's what motivates, I guess, Martha and Jane to to go back um, mm-hmm. to Newfoundland. Um, and, and that the, the what, what what you talked about in, in that sense in in the book, um, that's true, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's not something that you invented. That that um, that's the experience of, of of certain women in that part of the country, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you there's places in rural Newfoundland where you could have to drive seven or eight hours. Yeah. You know, there's one there's one abortion clinic in Newfoundland and it's in St. John's. Um, so yeah, I mean I didn't I didn't really have to stretch too far to come up with a that scenario because it it is just the way it is, you know. Yeah, it, it the, the the idea of abortion, um, it, it, it's uh, almost a character in, in, in the book as one reads it. Um, and and uh, some reviews have have stated that as well. In, in terms of depicting, um, or not depicting it, but but talking about it as, as as candidly as as the characters do in the book, were you motivated by say a sort of lack of of candor or a lack of clarity that that you probably read in other books? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I one of the things I had in mind when I was writing it is that I didn't want the plot to turn on an abortion. I feel like often, you know, a book or a movie that deals with abortion now, we're either, like, in the past where it was illegal or we're in some, like, dystopian near future where it's, like, you know, The Handmaid's Tale or something. Or, you know, the arc of the story is somebody deciding to and or accessing an abortion. And I kind of wanted it to be a little more mundane than that, you know. Yeah. For most people who have an abortion, it's just one thread in their life. It's not the climactic incident of their life. So, you know, there's a, there are a few actual procedures in the book, um, but none of them are the, you know, the, the climactic moment of the book. That's not what the story is about. That's an, an incident in this person's life, but one thread among many in a life. And And I wanted it to be, you know, that's how I wanted to approach it, to... To kind of show the, I mean, dailiness is not the quite the no, right word, no. but that it's not this great dramatic event all the time. Yeah. And 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 then you know people go on to talk about it as just one event in their life, and and that was kind of important to me because I felt like I wasn't seeing that elsewhere. And it is important to to read about it and not just talk about it. I mean, as, as a guy, um, mm-hmm. it's not something that that. Um, I'm concerned about, nor, nor should I be, because it's not my choice, really, is it? But 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 so so but for so many guys, in, especially in the political realm, it's uh, something that they want to concern themselves with. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, like what you, I always think when you see politicians bringing this up. I mean, I mean, certainly there are some people who you know they have their own values and it's informed by their religion or, or wh- whatever it's informed by. But a, a lot of times I feel like I can, you can kind of tell that this is just politically expedient yeah. for yeah. them. You know, they know they're going to reach a certain segment of the population by this. And 
that uh, that feels you know that feels worse to me. Yeah. Like you're playing with people's bodily autonomy to get votes, and you don't even maybe this isn't even your value. You know, I mean, it's like every time you see a pro-life politician in the news because you know it came out that you know he arranged for his like mistress to have an abortion or something. I mean, yeah. we see that story again and again. So you just think like, oh, like you're you're playing with people's lives for your own career. In terms of Martha's growth throughout the course of the book, um, what was that like to, to, to say plot and, 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 and consider as, as you were writing it? Hmm. I mean, I, I kind of, I didn't, for example, like have a, an outline of the book when I started writing it. Um, I, I for a long time just had the first section and I couldn't figure out how to take it from there. And so I was really kind of, like, considering that as I went. Um, and, and you know, I mean, she, she definitely changes and grows some over the course of the book, but, you know, she's also still her at the end of the day. It's not a, a dramatic um, change. Yeah, I mean... Well, it's interesting. I, I don't know that I thought about it in that way, to be, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. It, it, what strikes me, even as I started the book, is, is how, um, I don't know if likable is the right word, but, but I, I, I was drawn to her um, mm. because I found her so interesting, and I found her so, so well drawn out even in, in the earliest part of the book, even just like a, like a few pages in, um, mm. and how... I wanted to know what was going to happen to her personally, not oh, just nice you know, not just about not just about you know things that have happened in the past or, or or what motivates her to do things, as as we read in the book, but just how she turns out, I guess. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was like you know we're closest to her. It's narrated in the third person, but we're yeah. really you know we're inside of her head. We're closest to her, and and at a certain point, sometimes I wondered if I if I you know, she's drawn a little less clearly than the other characters because we're with her. Yeah. Um, and and I and I had kind of hoped that that would work. That you know, you people can that you, we identify with her throughout. Um, so I'm glad to hear if if that was indeed the case. Well, she, she's a very compelling character, as are a, lot, a number of the characters in the book. Um, which, which I think makes the book as readable as it is because it's just it's, it's riveting. Um, I remember going back to reading parts that I read earlier, and remembering right. how fat, you know there were things that I picked up on that I didn't pick up on a, on a first read, or, um, or I remembered and um, were just fascinated by, and, and you know went back and reread again. Um, writing can be be a, a solitary process. Um, I'm sure it was. Um, in terms of writing this book, what is it like though when when you get another reader um, to look at what you you've written? Um, in, in terms of that process, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, I'm I'm maybe like I'm I'm quite private about what I'm working on for for like maybe a little bit longer than most people would be. Like I had a full draft of the book uh, before I showed any any of it to anybody. Mm. And um, then at a certain point, um, a woman I know 
um, she sent me like a call for papers. She was she editing a journal, and the theme of the journal um, was like really just in line with with my book. And uh, she had sent it to me saying like, you know, do, would you like to write an essay or would you like to translate something for this? And then I wrote back and I was like, well, actually, you know, I've been working on this book and it kind of fits perfectly, so maybe I could send you an excerpt. So that was the first time I showed any of it to anybody. I sent her about 12 pages. Uh-huh. And um, she wrote me back this really beautiful email. Like, she just had really understood what I was going for. And that was the kind of moment where I thought, oh, I think the book is done, actually. I had been kind of, like, fussing over it, and I really wasn't sure still, and I hadn't shown it to anybody. But... Um, you know, she she just responded in this way where I thought, like, okay, I think it might be done. And and that was the kind of push I needed. I sent it to um, my editor, and um, he, they wrote me back within a, a few days and said, like, you know, yes, we'd like to publish this. Um, and so from then on, I, I worked on it with my editor, Malcolm Sutton. Um, but, yeah, like, they were, for a long time, nobody else read it. I really don't tend to show things until mm-hmm. I'm... Um, maybe overly ready because um, it's scary, you know. But right. in this case, it turned out to be really um, the kind of push that I needed. So it's something I should keep in mind for the future, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, um, you also work as a translator. Has this book been translated in, say, another language? Uh, it's going to be translated into French, mm-hmm. um, um, which um, I think will be in the works soon. It, you know, it takes a while, so. Um, hopefully in the next year or two we'll see it in French, which is which is exciting. You know, um, I'm really pleased about that. And so authors and, and translators uh, work together as as a, as a work is translated. Um, I'm assuming you'll have that same sort of relationship. Will you be translating it yourself? Oh yeah, no, I I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't dare to translate it myself. I translate generally from French into English. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, a, a wonderful translator is going to work on it and. Um, you know, I'm really excited to chat with her as she does, and and see what she, see what she does with it. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to be on the other side of it. You know, normally I'm the translator, yeah. um, coming to the author with questions. So it'll be fun to, to see it from the other side. And, and so I I barely speak English, but so that means I don't speak any language at all, any other language I should say, than than English. But but from what I've heard from from because um, I've interviewed translators. Um, uh, French to English, English to French, as well as other uh, English to other languages. Um, once translated, the work itself has has taken on a character of its own. It's not a word for word thing, is it? No. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, um, there's there's necessarily like an element of of adaptation. I mean, it's a it's a really creative process. Like, somebody basically has to write your book again in another language, um, and and yeah, I mean that's like that's really exciting. Like I, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to see what uh, Jean-Viev will do. Um, you know, it, it'll certainly be interesting. I think like even just because I'm a translator, I'm thinking. You know, I I can already think ahead to like, oh, I wonder how she's going to handle say like you know the the, the Newfoundland accents. I wonder how she's going to handle um, this challenge or that challenge. And and I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what she does because you know it'll be that's her work then. You know. Indeed, indeed. Uh, are you working on another book now? N- not exactly as of yet. I have like an idea, and I'm I'm basically trying to um, 
clear out some like mental space so that I can really get into it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to starting something new. Yeah. How do you write? Um, because you 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 have um, obviously other professional commitments. Uh, do you find that you have enough time to write, say, on your own? It's a it, it's a challenge. Like absolutely, I have a day job. Um, I had a day job the whole time I was working on this book. And so it was like, for example, I, I would get up early in the morning and write before I went to work. Um, and then at certain points, you know, I would take my two weeks of vacation. At one point, I took my two weeks of vacation from my job, and I drove down to Maine by myself hmm. and just, like, locked myself in this place and wrote 100 pages. Um, and... So it was kind of fits and starts like that, you know. I would steal time where I could during from away from my day job, and then um, whenever I could get a little time off, I would sort of try and go away and and just focus on that. And you know, it, it took like five years because of that, but um, but that's okay too, you know. So I, I read a, a, a other, uh, I guess it was an interview that you 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 did uh, where the, where it, it did involve. Um, some research in, in the course of writing the book, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. What what what's that process like? And and um, uh, do you write at the same time, or are you just taking notes, or um, what's the process for you as a writer in in that sense when you're doing research as you are? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit like haphazard about it. Like I, I, you know, I had started writing, and then I would think like, oh, I should read about this, or I need to know more about this. You know, I wanted to, um, I had gotten the initial idea because I had read this book about the Jane Collective in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and and that had given me the initial idea, and then, you know, and then I got into it, and I was like, okay, well, what were people doing in Canada, you know? Yeah. I wanted to, so I, I would, then I would take some time, and I read a bunch of books, and I would take notes, and then, of course, like, I find that really fun and really interesting. And at a certain point, I thought, like, okay, like, I, I do have to get back to writing. Like, maybe I'm starting to use this as a way to procrastinate. Um, and I also, you know, I, I started doing the research because I, I thought it would, like, open up the story to me. You know, it would give me some more possibilities. It would give me more ideas. And, and then at a certain point, I started to think, like, okay, actually, maybe if I do too much research, I'm going to start to feel, like, beholden to the facts. You know, and I want to feel free to to make up a story too. So at a certain point, I kind of cut myself off from the research and was like, okay, now I'm on my own. Um, but it was a really fun process. You know, it was really interesting to kind of dig deep on something. Yeah. I um, f- found the book riveting to read, and um, I enjoyed our chat today. I appreciate your time. Congratulations on everything, and, and continued good luck with, with the book. Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having me. This was really nice. The book is called We Jane. It is published by Book Hug Press. Its author, Amy Wall, joined me on the line from Montreal in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plunto.